I want to tell you about Swami Rama of Haridwar. Actually, he was often called Swami Rama of Ram Kunj, which is a small area on the bank of one of the branches of the Ganges there. That's where he had his ashram. And fortunately, I am now telling you about someone whose name I do know. Late one afternoon, when I was staying for a while with Srimati Raniban and her family in Delhi, she told me that we would be going to see a Kashmiri saint in a nearby neighborhood that evening. The length of the walk convinced me that it wasn't really nearby, but I trusted Raniji's respect for the saint, who, as I've said, was simply named Swami Rama. He was not a Shankara Swami, but one who had taken what Ma Ananda May in a conversation with me called Shukla Sanyas, White Sanyas. In such a sannyas, there are no formal rites of any kind. Rather, from deep within, the impulse to declare oneself a sannyasi arises, and the person does so spontaneously, adopting a name and henceforth leading the sadhu life. Some, such as Swami Paramananda, who was the chief sannyasi of the Anandamayasham, wore gara clothing, orange clothing and others dressed in white. It all depended on their intuition. Rani had not told me which Swami Rama was. The Swami was staying in a fairly large house, but it was filled with people. Because of the universal respect Rani had in Delhi, both for her personal spiritual character and the fact that Prime Minister Nehru was her cousin, we were taken to the front row of the room where the Swami would be when he appeared. It was a good bit of a wait, so I meditated until Ronnie touched my shoulder and said, He is coming. I stood up and turned around and knew that the radiant man in simple white, with no trappings of religion whatsoever coming toward us, was the one. He brought with him an atmosphere of inner spiritual fire. He smoldered. Looking at him, I thought, the Pope has to be dressed in great finery and carried into St. Peter's on a throne to let people know who he is. But this man needs none of that. I was impressed and meant no disrespect to the Pope, but I was glad I was there instead of in St. Peter's. Swamiji spoke in Hindi, of which I knew little, but I can tell you from later conversations that he always spoke directly and simply, yet profoundly. People came from all over India to spend time in spiritual study with him. The last time we met, there were some pundits from Maharashtra staying with him in Hardware for several weeks. Yet he adamantly refused to play the guru game. He gladly taught yoga of various sorts to aspirants, but would not pretend to empower them with some kind of initiation. Instead, he assured them that by drawing on their own inner resources, they could gain realization. And there, uh, he also had a personal motivation. He used to say to them, If I allow you to claim you are my disciples, you will not do what I tell you, but you will tell people that I teach what I don't teach 
and deny that I teach what I do teach, and you will try to control my life at the same time. Buddha said much the same, and frankly, I have observed that it is usually the fact in Indian ashrams. Whether Swami Rama considered he had a guru, I do not know, but he definitely had a teacher. When he was only nine years old, playing in the streets of his village in Kashmir, an old yogi came walking through and said to him, Boy, come with me. So he followed him out of the village. When they were out of anyone's sight, the yogi taught him the japa and meditation of a mantra, telling him to say the mantra always. Then the sadhu walked on and disappeared. That was it. He had not even told the boy his name. Many years later in the Himalayas, Swamiji was in great danger. The yogi suddenly appeared, saved his life, and disappeared. These two times were his only contact with him. But I can tell you that the sadhana given him by the yogi certainly worked. Swami Rama was one of the greatest yogis I have met. When he quietly intoned Om, everyone's hair would stand on end. Yet no one could be more unassuming in outer behavior and demeanor. Yet he was impressive beyond description, and his wisdom was profound. There must have been an intuitive element to his conversations that somehow conveyed itself to me. Because of his very thick Kashmiri accent, I was always about three sentences behind figuring it out when he spoke to me, and yet in the times I've spoken to him, I never lost a word. My last visit with him took place in Hardwar at his very simple and tranquil ashram by the Ganges. I had been with Anandamai Ma at Bhagat House most of the morning, and when she went to her room for a few hours, I walked over to Swamiji's ashram, having just learned earlier that day that he was in Hardwar. With me was a young Austrian man who had arrived just that morning to meet with Madaji. He figured that his parents would never agree to his coming to India, so when they left for a vacation in Spain, he looted his bank account and sped on to India. Arriving in Delhi, he went to the Swiss embassy, since there was no Austrian embassy there, and asked them, where can I meet someone who is like those written about in the old books of Indian spirituality? That was rather a tall order, but it so happened that the entire embassy staff were devotees of Mahanandamai, and they told him she was now in hardware. So there he was too. So also was a telegram from his parents telling him to return immediately. Wisely, he didn't, and later visited India again and kept in touch with Brahmacharini Atmananda, also an Austrian. I always asked for news about him when I saw her, and it was always good, I'm glad to say. Anyhow, there we were, going down the little earth road, and walking into Swami Rama's ashram was a beautiful revelation. Most of the buildings were thatch huts, and those that were not were simple and plain. It was definitely not the lair of a glitter guru, but the abode of a genuine yogi. And there sat the yogi on the ground, in his usual white attire, reading. It was a happy meeting indeed. Swamiji was a jewel perfected by the master jewelry, 
and just to sit near him was refreshing and joyful. He and I caught up on what each had been doing since our last visit. And Swami Ram was very pleased to meet with Thomas, my Austrian friend, who right away asked about Kundalini. He was fortunate, as was I, since Swamiji understood the subject as few did. His main teacher had been his own yoga practice, but he had also spent some years with the great Kashmiri yogi Swami Lakshmanju, who I'm sure perfected his understanding of many things. First, said Swami Rama, Kundalini is not Shakti, nor is it Prakriti, or even Mula Prakriti. It is beyond power. It is consciousness, primal consciousness, Mula Chaitanya. This has to be understood. Anything other than this is not Kundalini, but an illusion. You cannot awaken Kundalini. It awakens you. The rise of Kundalini is the rise of consciousness from the unreal to the real, from darkness to the light, from death to immortality. Kundalini bestows self-realization, which has nothing to do with energy, but everything to do with consciousness. The consciousness of Brahman that is our inmost self. Kundalini is self-realization. As usual, Swamiji had said volumes in a few sentences. I learned early on, by the way, in my time in India, that simplicity is a hallmark of the wise, the Brahmagyanis, and complexity is a trait of samsara, whatever the claims about that person may be. Next was my turn, and I asked about Om. Om is not a mantra, announced Swami Rama. It is Brahman. Realizing that is moksha. It is slightly a vibration, but almost totally is divine consciousness. Brahma Chaitanya. We can even say that it is, a, that it is moksha, or the embodiment of moksha. We must become Om, then we will be God. Well, then now I knew. Like good friends, we talked about a lot of things, some trivial, some sublime but always in contentment with one another's company. With Swami Rama, you never felt any distance or difference because he was one with everything, and that included you. In this world, good things always come to an end, and so did this, my last meeting with Swamiji. Thomas and I walked back into Hardwar very silent and very satisfied. Jai Shri Swami Rama.